At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. Welcome to the Cryptid Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us. And if you're listening, it's you too. I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. And we are back on opposite coasts, which is, Mm. uh, you know, a little little bit of a bummer, but it is what it is. Yeah. Fresh off that live show buzz. We're back. Yeah. And you know what? We're never going back. It's all live shows all the time now, baby. That's what we're doing right now. Uh, Not much of an audience turnout for this one, but we are still recording live. I do have a couple stuffed animals watching me from the corner, so I think that's something. Oh, good. Um, I have a dog here, so that kind of counts. Oh, honestly, Bear's the only audience member I need. (laughs) I mean, Bear wasn't at our Chicago live show, so this is still a step up, really. It's true. I can't believe Bear wasn't at our Chicago live show. You know, I really, I didn't brook the issue with him. Um, I did take it a little personally, but I think that he just had a lot of other stuff going on and, you know, it happens. I understand that not everybody who wanted to make it out could make it out. He's got a lot of plates in the air right now. Yeah, he's he's just trying to like juggle a lot right now. And uh, on that note, though, thank you so much to everybody who did come out. We had an amazing time with all of you and we had a lot of fun um, signing posters and baseball caps. That one was really cool. Yes. Um, and just giving away a bunch of merch that I didn't want to deal with taking back on the airplane. It was it was such an unbelievable blast. Seriously, thank you to everyone who came out and everyone who made it possible. And like, like Alex said, too, we understand a lot of people who wanted to come out there weren't able to. So we felt your supportive spirit there with us and... It, it was just a wonderful day. So More than anything, I think we were just thrilled that our first one had as much of a turnout as it did. Seriously. I mean, it was a small theater, but we were really delighted to nearly fill it. And that is uh, very promising for future endeavors. So, mm-hmm. so exciting. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so actually, the, my theme for today uh, comes as a bit of a, a follow up to the live show, which ideally we'll have up for you guys uh, sometime very soon. I also... I don't have a complex algorithm like you do, Alex. I don't have, like, a formula. I don't have um, many. I don't have, like, a hard drive where I keep all of my... I don't know where I'm going with this. Like, you're a hacker is what I'm saying. You're a podcast hacker. I am. I I am a podcast hacker. Yeah, it's been said before. I don't have those skills. So I just kind of follow my heart wherever it may lead me down whatever mad path it may take me. Uh, That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, You're not going to like this today. You're not going to like what I have for today. Oh, no. Hello, everybody. It's it's me, the haunted Victorian doll. And I would like to tell you about some other haunted dolls today, because that's what the episode's about. Haunted dolls. Oh, my God. Are you are you Adelaide Skyjax? Hello, my name is Adelaide Skyjax. I was it's a- her, everybody. It's Adelaide Skyjax here with she's, us today. She's here in the studio. Can you believe it? Celebr- celebrity doll Adelaide Skyjax is here. Can you believe it? I had to put her back in the shelf. Her eyes were starting to glow. Um, 
I hate when that happens. I know. Don't you just hate that? So uh, to avoid to avoid stealing any McElroy flavor, I am not going to be focusing on eBay entries for haunted dolls today. I am going to be instead uh, focusing on a bit of a tasting menu of assorted really famous haunted dolls. And yes, exactly. I mentioned very briefly in passing in a previous episode that I'd been wanting to talk more about Annabelle. I'd been wanting to talk about Robert the doll. And there are also a few others that are a little bit lesser known that I want to make sure get their time in the sun because they are cold, so cold. Um, (laughs) And I really quickly, though, before I dive into that, I did want to just let you know, if you go to eBay right now and you just search haunted doll, what sort of purchases you could perhaps make today? Well, I mean, these things probably aren't going to stay on eBay long. So by the time you listen, I regret to inform you, they will all be gone. No, it's true. It's true. So here's what you get. Hot ticket items. Mm -hmm. When you scroll past the first entry, which is clearly a collection of Halloween decorations, then you get haunted eight-inch long clown doll spirit vessel supernatural paranormal power. Mm, Don't care for that. It is $30 for the low, low price of 30 big ones. It could be yours. Now, 30 isn't bad. I mean... In fairness, I do know people who have hecked up their life for much less, but there are also people who spend a lot more money on destroying everything they hold dear, so. Mm -hmm. Now, if you would like to perhaps avoid buying a haunted doll, but would still like to buy a haunted item, you can refer to the entry right below it on the search page, which is haunted wish-granting notebook star fae fairy very powerful no doll. Oh, now I do love collecting unnecessary journals. Yeah, I thought you might want to hear about this. Now, this one is a little pricier than most journals because of all that star, fae, fairy, very powerful energy. Uh, it is $60. $60 is a lot. But seems like a bargain. But again, nothing gets me nothing gets me spending my hard-earned cash like a journal I'm never going to write in because mm-hmm. I'm afraid of how expensive it is. Now, for just 99 cents, you could buy Haunted Paranormal Doll Fawn Soul and Guardian Spirit. Are you buying the whole doll or just the spirits that go in the dolls? Is this like a refill? I don't know. Because, as I mentioned before, I refuse to chomp the flavor of the McElroy family. I am not going to be looking at any of these listings. I am just reading the names. Okay. That's still, that's a wild concept, though. The idea that, like, (laughs) you buy a haunted doll... You don't much care for the specific spirit that's in it, but you like knowing that doll is viable, so you exercise that spirit and then replace it with a new one. Yes, exactly. It's called upcycling. I know there are a lot of people in like the doll in like doll modding circles, people who like really get into making custom dolls or like have you seen any of the I love watching these videos. The videos where people like take acetone and like unpaint the faces of dolls and then repaint them to be like hyper realistic. Mm-hmm. This is the exact same thing, but with spirits. Oh, yeah. Now, um, you know, if you get a haunted doll and you don't really like the mournful spirit of a dead Victorian child because, you know, it cries all the time and tells you about its days in the workhouse, maybe you want to cast that spirit out and bring in like a fun demon clown spirit to live in your doll. Ooh. I mean, now listen. Listen. Now, before I move on, (laughs) what? (laughs) I'm listening. Listen, I'm just saying. I'm listening. I hate everything about that. (laughs) Okay, perfect. So... Uh, Before I move on away from eBay and close out of this forever, never to return, uh, if you act fast, there are already 12 bids on this one, so you're going to want to act fast. But for the low, low price of $10.50 plus $11.20 shipping, you could buy Haunted Doll Spiritual Demonic Active Vessel Supernatural Paranormal Brenda. (laughs) 
Oh, Paranormal Brenda. <laughs> you know. You know Paranormal Brenda. You know Paranormal Brenda, always haunting couples, moving to a new house, looking for a fresh start. Yeah, so I, I don't know if you if you know about this, but like back in high school, I was hanging out with like Tom and Brenda and Brenda. Oh, Brenda Johnson. No, 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 no. Paranormal Brenda. Oh, Paranormal Brenda. <laughs> what? That's wild. I just I had to leave on that one because I. Oh boy, do I love a modern ghost. I love a ghost with a modern flavor. I love a ghost with a recent sounding name. I love a ghost that sounds like she works in HR. So Paranormal Brenda, hats off to you. Before I go into some specific haunted dolls, I would like to talk about a place that I've wanted to talk about on the show for a very long time. Uh, a place that is covered in perhaps hundreds upon hundreds of haunted dolls. Are you familiar with um, Isla de las Muñecas, Island of the Dolls? Um, no, I'm not. And I can't say that I ever wanted to be, but here we are. Too bad. It's a Mexican island um, <laughs> uh, with one single resident. Oh. Uh, it's a Mexican island covered in dolls, basically. Um, I found out about it via a Cracked.com article that I read many, many, many years ago. And mm -hmm. uh, there is a piece about it on thevintagenews.com. Island of the Dolls. Basically, it's like a little island. It's not like anything big and fancy. It's a very small island. Uh, in the 1950s, Julian Santana Barrera left his family to devote himself to a solitary existence. So this is an island cut off by a canal system rather than a tropical sea. So um, you can hear basically civilization like right by there. It's not like as remote as you might be thinking when I say island. Mm -hmm. uh, like it says in this piece, like very evocative language. It says anyone listening closely might hear the roar of the local football stadium as opposed to the roar of a lion. Like, you can hear civilization from where you are. But uh, basically, Barrera uh, at night would hear footsteps and crying. And basically, there was this legend of this woman who had died and left behind this doll on the island. And in order to placate her spirit, he hung that doll on the tree. And it worked for a little bit, but then the spirit kept coming back and kept crying and kept making noise. So Barrera mm -hmm. felt compelled to find more dolls and hung countless degraded plastic dolls on the branches of the ancient trees. Wow, what a cool, fun solution to a problem. Mm-hmm. So uh, the website Lost at E Minor reports that even his little hut where he slept on a mat on the floor was filled with dolls of all kinds to watch him while he slept. You know what will help make this island less haunted? If I just fill the trees with dolls. Yep. He uh, tragically was found dead in 2001, but people still show up to the island and people still put dolls on it. Because that solves all the problems, clearly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so now it's a uh, really... Oh, um, and by the way, just to make it... I want to pepper in a little bit more just primal fear for everyone listening. Uh, as stated by a recent report on Hype Beast, which is, sounds like a very reliable source, locals insist that the dolls come alive and move every night. Hmm. <laughs> Island of the dolls, baby. Cool, 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 cool. Next live show? Maybe we do a live show performance on the Island of the Dolls? 
Oh, yeah, that's definitely where we're booking it. Let me just figure out what theaters are available on the island <laughs> full of dolls that move every night. <laughs> I'm sure that's a very popular venue with a very reasonable rate. Look, we'd have a huge audience, Alex. Tons, dozens upon dozens of little plastic eyes watching our podcast show. <laughs> Not convinced they're ready to pay, but... Mm. <laughs> they won't pay, but we will. <laughs> oh, no. With our souls. Okay, so I would be remiss if I didn't talk about my girl Annabelle. She does have a movie out in theaters right now. She is on yeah, the Yeah, she's doing circuit. really well. Oh, Annabelle's doing amazing. Now, I will say, like happens with a lot of biopics, they did kind of adapt. They put, like, a bit of the Hollywood glamour on Annabelle. They wouldn't, like, yet again, Hollywood enforcing unrealistic beauty standards for women, girls, and haunted dolls. Because, as I've mentioned on this show before, Annabelle, the real doll, does not look like a terrifying porcelain nightmare come to life. She's not like this old school cracked porcelain doll with like meticulously painted features. She's just a straight up Raggedy Ann doll. You know, Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy. Yeah, yeah. Both of which were already creepy enough on their own. I don't know why they felt the need to to glitz that. I don't know. It's just, who can really say what these Hollywood executives are doing? You know, I guess Yet another like, unrealistic standard for haunted dolls. They wanted a better, sexier haunted doll, you see. This is Hollywood, baby. Sex sells, and haunted dolls sell even more. So, she was believed to terrorize a group of college students in the 1970s. Um, she is kept in the Warren Occult Museum in Connecticut. Uh, now, preface, before I get into the lore of Annabelle the doll, take all of this with a hefty pinch of salt, because the Warrens, while they are great fictionalized characters in the Conjuring movies as actual people were found pretty often to be full of crap. Like they lied a lot about being involved with investigations, about being involved with cases. They exaggerated the details of their investigations and were called out by other investigators and skeptics over the years. They basically overtly lied about their involvement in the Enfield haunting, which was covered in the Conjuring 2. Um, so... <laughs> Take a lot of this, as much as I feel like I shouldn't have to give a disclaimer about haunted doll stories that take them with some skepticism, specifically where the Warrens are concerned. Like, even by ghost hunter standards, the Warrens are considered not very reliable in terms of sources. So, Which is pretty much when you know you've messed up. Yeah, right? Like, don't get me wrong, I love The Conjuring. It's a great movie that I enjoy very much, and Patrick Wilson does a fabulous job. But Ed and Lorraine Warren, the real people, were like... Not great. Uh, <laughs> I feel bad speaking ill of the of the dead, so I'm just going to move on from there. But just that's my preface. The Warrens made up a lot of stuff. Okay. So hopping over to the... It is kept in Connecticut, by the way, if you want to go visit this museum and see the doll. Um, she is supposedly not haunted by a spirit, by the way. She is supposedly possessed by a demon. So it's a little bit different than some of the haunted dolls I'm going to talk about today. Okay. Okay. Um, Essentially, the idea, and this is sort of hit on in the movie The Conjuring, if you've seen it, there's a uh, there's a line that I often quote just along with because I think it's very fun and creepy where Ed Warren says to the frightened uh, college girls who own the doll, he says, demons don't possess objects, they possess people. So the idea is that Annabelle the doll is not necessarily a possessed doll, but rather that an entity has attached itself to the doll and then manipulates the doll in order to frighten people, like keep them awake, weaken them so it can attack those people. So that's a little bit of the lore of Annabelle. 
basically this belonged to nursing students um, in the 1970s who would hear like footsteps in the middle of the night. They would have banging on their walls. They would have like scratches on their walls and essentially just kind of demonic activity. That was, and eventually they surrendered the doll to the Warrens and it became part of their museum, which their museum has all kinds of goofy looking or spooky looking, a whole variety of things in it. It has like carvings supposedly used in satanic rituals. It's got little figurines made of human teeth. There's an organ that supposedly plays itself. And I have to say, an organ that plays itself is actually kind of a win-win because one, you get organ music, but two, you don't have to figure out how to deal with it. Have you ever looked at an organ? Like, I went to music school for four years and let me tell you, there's no way that anybody is out there actually playing those things. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Like I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, an organ that plays itself could probably book a lot of gigs. Okay, look, you're not wrong, but also player pianos do exist, so it doesn't seem like too. Yeah, but not player organs. Yeah, but maybe, excuse me, maybe they do. Maybe somebody made a grand innovation in the music world. I have to admit that part of how favorably I feel about an organ that plays itself is because when you first said an organ that. Um, I was definitely thinking you meant like a human organ, like a biological (laughs) organ. Like a liver. (laughs) And so then, so then when it pivoted to like pipe organ, I was so relieved. (laughs) And then when you pivoted to plays itself, I was like, that sounds kind of nice, actually. Yeah, I I guess if you're gearing up for me to tell a story about a liver in a jar, then maybe you feel a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, more charitable about a musical instrument. (laughs) Yeah. And a musical instrument that plays itself is, like, nice, yeah. right? That's that's one less thing for me to deal with. Now, Alex. You can just set it up and let company come what over, if, you know? What when, if the organ was made entirely out of organs? Then how would you feel? Oh, then I would quit the podcast immediately. <laughs> okay, good, because it's not. I just said that to see what okay, you'd say. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, no, I appreciate the hypothetical, but no, I would be out of here. Okay, that's fair. So I would like to hop over to a Bustle.com listicle called Five Creepy Haunted Dolls Who Want to Play With You Forever and Ever and Ever. Hmm. Hmm. Thank you, Gabrielle Moss, for this fabulously terrifying headline. So I mentioned him before. He's famous. He's a celebrity. He is the top tier of haunted dolls. You can't talk about haunted dolls without talking about him. I got to talk about Robert the Doll. I talk about Robert the Doll all the time. I don't even just mean on this podcast. I just mean in my life, in my everyday life. Just sort of generally, yeah. Just sort of generally, I talk about Robert the Doll quite a lot. So Robert the Doll is over 100 years old. He is kept at a museum in Key West in Florida. And he used to belong to a man named Robert Eugene Otto, who received the doll in his childhood as a gift from his grandfather. So supposedly, and this starts off kind of just sounding like a thing that kids say and do. Um, He would blame accidents around the house on the doll. Like he would blame things that happened or went wrong or things that were broken that his parents would yell at him for. He would say, it wasn't me. It was Robert, which isn't that unusual because children like to divert blame. You don't want to get yelled at. You don't want to get a timeout. I didn't break your vase, mom. It was my doll, Robert, and his hideous carved wooden face. I don't know if any of you have seen Robert the doll. It's pretty easy to find pictures of him. I don't know how much of Robert's creepiness is because it's a very old doll and the face has degraded quite a lot, but it just doesn't... No, no, I can tell you for sure. Like, I am looking at it right now and it is just a very creepy doll. Now, when Otto died, the person who bought the home also bought Robert along with it, which is 
A, which was a great idea. Which was a bold move. So she reported seeing Robert move around the house on his own. Not seeing Robert move, but rather leaving him one place and finding him in another without having moved him. She would hear mysterious footsteps and giggling in the attic. And after two decades of eerie attic giggles and mysterious footsteps, she donated him to a local museum in 1994. She put up with that. She is so much more patient than I. Braver than the U.S. Marines. This woman lived with a haunted doll for two decades. And she donated him to a museum in 1994. And then once he made his new home in the museum... He was believed to be accountable for all kinds of bad stuff around there. Electronic equipment would malfunction in his presence. Visitors who acted disrespectfully toward the doll or took his photo without asking permission have been said to have bad luck afterwards and essentially experience a curse, sometimes getting to the point where they would write him letters to beg Robert to forgive them and lift the curse. Wow. Now, I have to ask you something. Yes. Have you seen... um or seen of the 2015 movie Robert about Robert the Doll, ostensibly. I have heard of the film Robert about Robert the Doll. I have not seen the film Robert. Here's what's wild. I haven't watched it, but when I was Googling images of Robert the Doll just now to look it up, um, it's a very wild decision that was made here because it is clearly drawing from and about Robert the Doll, but um, they just completely, like, revamped his look in a way that, like, okay, so the original Robert the Doll is, like, this little sailor doll. Um, and he's creepy, but in a way that's just kind of, like, the way that something that was ostensibly cute to someone who made it just doesn't quite sit right with anybody else. Um, yeah. Robert the Doll from the 2015 movie Robert just looks like Willem Dafoe. <laughs> oh, no. Like, like, I need you to look at a picture of this doll right now. Okay, I'm Googling Robert the Doll movie. Robert Doll movie, like 2015. It's just called Robert. Oh, found it. Look at him. You know what he looks like? You know what he just looks like? What is he? He looks like Annabelle from the Conjuring movies, like evil twin brother. Yeah, but it's just, it's wild because it's like, this is not. Willem Dafoe. He does look a little like Willem Dafoe. Like, it's not even close to looking like the doll originally looks like. And I don't know why they felt the need to change it, because the original doll does look unsettling. And then they were like, I, I don't know if people who see this movie will know what we're going for. Do they know the doll's supposed to be scary? We better help them out. Like, yeah, we get it. What is this adaptational obsession with taking these perfectly good haunted dolls and making them into something else? You don't have to do that. You have a perfectly good haunted doll right there, and you're squandering it. Yeah, no, it's wild. And if there's anything I know, it's that you should never squander your haunted dolls. (sighs) Yeah, seriously, don't waste the potential. But, like, also, I think not enough was done with the fact that, I don't know if you can see Robert's companion in any of the pictures you found of Robert, but Robert holds in his lap a, like, horribly distended fake toy dog yeah no i have seen that it's wild with like a a massive lolling tongue and just like big bulging eyes and it is truly nightmarish it is yeah it's the most and i don't care for it i didn't know it was meant to be a dog until i read several articles that referred to it as robert's dog i assumed it was a teddy bear that is how malformed it is i look at that and i go oh absolutely that's made of evil Correct. It is, yeah, yes, definitely, yes. Also, like... <sighs> like, the dog is is worse than the doll, actually. 
It is. If you're go, I wonder if the dog is in fact where Robert draws his power. Uh, but just a quick sidebar before I move on to other dolls, because it can't be all Robert all the time, as much as I'm sure he would like it to be. Folks, when you meet a celebrity, you're supposed to ask before you take a picture. That is common damn courtesy. All right? Mm-hmm. So if you meet Robert the doll and you take his picture without asking, I'm sorry, but if he curses you with inevitable misfortune that lasts the rest of your days, I'm not going to feel that bad for you because you have betrayed the laws of common courtesy. Just ask. Yeah, just don't be rude, you know? Robert the doll is 111 years old. He's been through some stuff. He's seen some things. I think you owe him the respect of asking before you take a photo. And then it also, it didn't say specifically what kind of disrespect people did to him other than that, but it said when people were outwardly disrespectful to the doll. I'm imagining people just like catcalling the doll or heckling, not catcalling, not like, hey baby, but like heckling. Like, look at you, you're not so scary. <laughs> look at this dumb doll. Don't do that. Have you ever seen a horror movie? Do you know what happens when the person yeah, just disrespects the spirit or the haunted thing or the haunted place? They get killed. <laughs> It's a trope for a reason. Anyway, moving on, I'd like to talk to you about Harold the Haunted Doll. Harold is actually one of the most famous haunted dolls found on eBay. He was an eBay haunted doll, and I don't know a ton about the eBay sale because the link provided by this article is dead. Like, it's a dead link. Ooh, spooky. Ooh, who killed it? I know, right? But he made his big appearance in popular culture and he sort of got his 15 minutes of fame because he was featured on the travel channel show ghost adventures aka as i call it ghost bros because it is the broier of the ghost hunting shows i don't know if you've ever seen ghost adventures but it is some very strong bro energy which i say not as a pejorative or as a compliment just as a neutral statement of what it is my alignment is neutral bro truly their alignment on Ghost Adventures is neutral, bro. And uh, the host of that show pronounced Robert I, to be one of the most haunted, not Robert. I said Robert. I'm so sorry, Harold. Don't curse me. Said Harold. Everyone's just of, everyone's just named Robert now. Yeah. Only Robert. Only Robert. Just Robert. Just Robert. Just Robert. That was a little Easter egg for those of you who've played Doki Doki Literature Club. Okay. So Harold was pronounced. A game with zero people named Robert in it. Yep. Harold was pronounced one of the most haunted dolls in the world, and supposedly he was the property of a little boy who died, and then the family of the boy held on to the doll and saw the doll move, laugh, and sing on its own. And uh, the clergy attested that they contacted, because of course, when a doll starts to do all those things, if you are even a slightly religious family, you will call a priest, uh, said that the doll was possessed and needed to be burned. Supposedly when they tried, it wouldn't burn. Oh, no. So, instead, they did the next best thing to destroying it in a cleansing fire. They sold it at a flea market. Well, you know, somebody else's problem, am I right? Mm-hmm. Now, this one's been called into question specifically because someone claiming to be the original eBay seller has made posts around the internet saying that they made up the story so that they could just sell this junky doll that they didn't want anymore. <laughs> but there's no way to verify if the person saying that is actually the original eBay seller. So who can really say? Maybe they're just chasing clout in the name of made-up haunted doll stories. So I have to say, though, it would be very, very funny to me if, like, if this person was telling the truth and they were like, okay, listen, please stop. Like, it's just a stupid garbage doll. I made this all up. And everyone is like, <laughs> seems suspicious. Seems like you were paid off by big doll. I don't know. What's a doll? The doll big lobby. ghost doll. Yeah. Seems like Toys R Us paid you off. Oh, sorry. 
Ooh, rip. Never mind. Can I just we, forgot. Can we take a second, though, to talk about, like, the real hero of this episode, which is, like, the family or the the priest that is just like, that's a pretty haunted doll you got there. Um, I don't know, burn it? <laughs> you should probably set it on fire. <laughs> like, hey, please help us out. We've got this horrible presence in our home. Can you, like, exercise it or something? Mm, uh, I, I, I just burn it. Actually, should probably set it on fire. Should probably just uh, you gotta can't you gotta you gotta fire in the fireplace right now. Go and just burning, crackling away. Just toss that sucker in there. All all out of exorcism juice. You just I just just burn it. It's basically the same thing. And to be fair, there's a possibility that that particular priest was not authorized to do exorcism, so he was just kind of like, oh, this is above my pay grade, folks. <laughs> just. I just uh, burn it. Burn it. That's what we do with infected. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's what we did with all my clothes when we had bed bugs. Just burn it. Um, I I would just I would just burn it. So there. That's a it's a it's a real doozy you got there. Have you tried burning it? It's been a pretty male dominated industry so far, the haunted doll industry. So I would like to talk to you about Peggy the haunted doll. Now I think that maybe haunted dolls are probably like um, the same situation with hurricanes, where. You hear a lot more about the the male-aligned ones, but the female-aligned ones actually do more damage. Mm-hmm. Well, Do you know about that? Oh, the hurricane thing? It's because it's people don't take female-named hurricanes as seriously. I know. Which is just, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to internalize. It's an unbelievable example of implicit bias and one that floors me to this day. Anyway, so I'm just going to go ahead and throw out my hypothesis the haunted dolls are the same way. Well, actually, as I'm about to tell you about Peggy the haunted doll, you may find that to be true. I'd like to put out a little disclaimer here, or not a disclaimer, a warning. I am not looking currently at a picture of Peggy the haunted doll, and I would suggest that none of you do either, because supposedly to look upon the visage of Peggy the haunted doll is to expose yourself (laughs) to the possibility of physical ailments like nausea, headaches, and in one case, supposedly a heart attack. And this is for people who don't just see the doll in person, but who look at videos or even pictures of it. So... If you, this is just right now, if you look at a picture of Peggy the Haunted Doll and you get really sick or you have a heart attack, you can't sue us at the Cryptid Keeper because we told you not to do that. Wow. And so, yes, um, Peggy uh, supposedly can cause those ailments. I will say that the author of this article did watch the video of Peggy the Doll and that nothing, it says afterward that she felt a brief headache but was probably the result of being dehydrated from drinking too much coffee rather than the bad vibes of an angry doll. But maybe it was both. The two are very similar. Yeah. I also will say that uh, if I have not had my coffee yet today, (laughs) am I right, ladies? I'm a bit of an angry doll. You get me? Okay. Um, Hey. So, uh, um, this is, I would, I refuse to gender this particular haunted doll simply because of the vessel with which it is inhabiting. I hopped over to nine scariest haunted dolls on the lineup.com and, uh, there was a haunted Elmo knows your name doll. Oh, thank God. Which is great because the, the name of that particular doll does sound like a threat. (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, it absolutely does. Elmo knows your name. the presence definitely, like, chose that for a reason. It was like, hmm, ah, I will choose this host with its powers. Elmo knows your home address. Elmo knows your social security number. That was my best Elmo impression, and it was garbage. So, um, in 2008, 
the Bowman family purchased an Elmo Knows Your Name doll for their two-year-old son, James. Now, it's programmed to speak its owner's name along with a few phrases, but when the Bowmans changed Elmo's batteries, it started ad-libbing in a sing-songy voice, and it chanted, Kill James. I, wow. Hmm. Now, it is entirely possible, by the way, that this was some kind of technical malfunction because anyone who's ever had or been around any sort of talking, like, microchipped toy will know that the microchip or, like, the whatever makes the voice happen, I don't know, doll technology, starts to degrade after a while, and it does start to sort of warp the phrases and make it sound really weird and, like, scary. I used to have this bear that sang Happy Birthday, um, and... One time in the middle of the night, my cat had gotten it and was like chewing it and had pressed the button. And this bear was years old. And so it was singing happy birthday, but like aggressively slowed down in this sort of warbling demon voice. So Mm -hmm. my point is that I'm sure some more modern haunted doll stories are just the result of technology being flawed. Uh, But it's also possible that this Elmo Knows Your Name doll had hate and murder in its heart. So yeah, yeah. Just um, uh, one one little suggestion here. Mm-hmm. Uh, technology, I think, is what we should start. See, that just sounds to me like I have a head cold, and I'm trying to say technology. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a fair criticism, but we have such crisp audio quality now. It seems a shame not to use it. That's fair. Now, um, what's scarier than one haunted doll, Alex? Um, uh, many things, but I assume you're going to tell me it's. Some larger number of haunted dolls, and I'm going to depart my physical form immediately. How about eight haunted dolls? Yep, that is worse. There is a gang. This is the owner's choice of words, not mine. A gang of eight haunted dolls. They were bought, these dolls, as a collection by their owners because they were said to be possessed. So, like, at this point, I feel absolutely no pity for the owners of these dolls because they knew what they were getting into. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Um, now, their names. Would you like to know the names of these dolls? I very much would. Crystal, Monica, Sharla, True, Isaac, Lily, Cameron, and Ashley. The owners have a camera constantly recording the dolls in other parts of their house. Um, There's a live feed, apparently. I couldn't find it. The link that I did find was dead, so the live feed may not be a thing anymore. And then in 2009, one of the cameras appeared to have captured the image of a ghostly boy appearing at the bottom of a staircase. So, you know love to invite an entire just collective of haunted dolls into my home with all of them being named as if they're from an early 2000s math book mm-hmm. or like um a uh, one of those like like the brats movie yes oh my gosh especially if you could see the spelling of crystal that they went with um oh tell me c-h-r-y-s-t-a-l ah oh, so good so also there is ruby the haunted doll so Ruby is actually one of the less creepy dolls that I've seen, even which is saying not very much because Ruby is still very creepy. Um, she's sort of like a plasticky faced baby doll with like blue eyes, little chubby cheeks, and then what appear to be little nubby starfish legs. Um, I don't love that. But that also might just be the photograph. <laughs> um, so... Ruby apparently would be found in different places throughout the house as if moving around. Also, if you picked up Ruby, you would be overwhelmed with a feeling of sadness and nausea, which is also just generally me when people hand me their babies. Uh, But that's... I'm kidding. Babies are great, but also I don't want to hold your baby. I will admire it from afar. 
Anyway, Ruby was passed down from generation to generation, according to their to the doll's former owners. Apparently, way, way, way back when, with no defining details because it's a ghost story, uh, a relative uh, passed away while clutching the doll and potentially said relative's spirit attached to the oh. doll. Now, she has now found her forever home, you'll be happy to know, at the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and the Occult. Well, that's a lot to process. Yeah, she's been adopted. <laughs> I mean, that's nice. It's so nice when a haunted doll finds a home. A forever and ever home. Forever and ever and ever. I hope you can imagine the camera tightening on my face with every single ever. All right. Uh, Charlie, the haunted doll, was discovered in the attic of an old Victorian home in New York in 1968. Charlie, the haunted doll, spelled C-H-A-R-L-E-Y, looks as a bit like um, Two-Face in the modern Batman movies and the Christopher Nolan Batman films in that half of his face is a painted baby doll face and the other half is like marred by the wares of time and so like the paint of his eyeball is gone and so you just sort of have a blank (laughs) sort of that's cool and fun Mm -hmm. just a swath of sort of blank scratched up like doll face it's pretty it's a lot it's pretty intense so it's a pretty fresh look it's it's a look. So Charlie was locked in a trunk in this house with newspapers with him dating back to the 1930s and a yellow piece of paper that had the Lord's Prayer written on it, almost as if they put him in that trunk to, you know, keep him from ever getting out. Um, mm-hmm. So the family decided to pluck the haunted doll from said trunk with the Lord's Prayer and place it on display with their other toys and dolls. And then, uh-oh, Charlie started to move around on his own. And then... The youngest daughter started claiming that Charlie spoke to her in the middle of the night. See, I have no sympathy for people who do this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you pulled a doll out of a trunk with the Lord's Prayer in it. It's like people who release mummies into the world Mm -hmm. and then take no accountability for their actions. These are the people that unleash ancient curses on the rest of us and we have to pick up the pieces. It's just not fair. So... Yeah. Um, it, the family didn't put Charlie back in the attic trunk where he had been kept for 38 years. They didn't do that until he uh, had gotten to the point where the little girl and her siblings were terrified of the doll and scratches began to appear on the daughter's body. So now Charlie resides at Local Artisan, which is an oddity shop in Beverly, Massachusetts, just a few minutes away from Salem. So if any of you want to visit him. If you want to go say hey. Now, I've got one that I really, really love coming up. Now, this one is a, a little uh, little international. This was a haunted doll found in Australia, and um, she is called Letta the Haunted Doll. Letta the Doll, also known as Letta Me Out, um, is a doll that is said to be about 200 years old, made of carved wood and real human hair. And she's. I heard your dog bark at that, and I think it's only because dogs sense ghosts. I think it's because you unleashed the energy into this space. Now, Letta looks kind of like a cartoon witch a little bit, like um, mm-hmm. like a sharp pointed chin and like really intense arched eyebrows um, wearing all black. Um, I don't know much else about the doll, but it was found by Carrie Walton, who found Letta in the 1970s while exploring a deserted home in Wagga Wagga, Australia. Walton rocked the figurine back to his home in Queensland because, of course, we would. Why wouldn't you bring it home? Why wouldn't you bring home an old yeah, why not? wooden doll with human hair? 
Then strange. I'm done. I'm so done with people. I'm over it. <laughs> I know. Strange things started to happen. Wow. Surprising. Things began to move. Scuff marks on the floor. His children started having nightmares. One time they woke up screaming that the doll was talking and moving around on its own. Dogs turned aggressive whenever they were near the doll. Nobody could have predicted this. Also, your dog just started barking while I talked about the doll, which is a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and let me tell you, that's all I need to say no thank you to this doll presence. So at one point, Walton tried to sell the doll only to find that he physically couldn't get it out of the car. There's no explanation of what that means. Um, so <laughs> let your imaginations run wild, I guess. So why do you let it get to this point? Why do you mm-hmm. let it get this far? Why did you bring it in your car? So currently he tours around Australia with the doll and uh, people take pictures with it uh, sitting on their laps <laughs> on tour. You know, like a fun thing to do. I guess. Sounds pretty fun to me. That sounds like a super fun, cool time. Um, do you mind if I change the subject? I think that we might be due for a subject change, yeah. <laughs> I think we super duper are. So, um, I would like to talk about none of the things that you just said, and instead talk about the fact that we have a sponsor this episode. We do! We do. Um, We are sponsored this week by the very wonderful people over at Obsidian Giant, which is a small two-person studio with big hopes to improve the world for everyone. Uh, You can help by adopting your very own baddest of the good boys, a hellhound enamel pin. Now, Addison and I actually both have one of these pins now. Each. We don't share custody. Um, And they are super adorable. The design is so fantastic. Um, the quality of the pin itself is marvelous. I love it. It is now adorning a place of honor on my, uh, my denim vest lapel as of the live show. Um, and they're just really, really adorable. But beyond being adorable, this studio is a really fantastic force for good. And there's only one thing I love more than supporting local artists, and that is supporting local artists who are then turning around and supporting other really fantastic causes. Uh, Obsidian Giant is a small art studio at the moment, but they already have a really wonderful laundry list of causes that they are geared towards helping with. And for example, if you purchase a Hellhound enamel pin from their studio, which I will give you a link to here momentarily, you can enter to win a sticker set, uh, which is their next collection they're working on, and those proceeds will go to help feed children in impoverished neighborhoods which is, again, fantastic. They are also working on more art collectibles and books in the future to generate funds and raise awareness for issues such as trans rights and helping trans people afford transitional surgeries, um, making sure that children in impoverished neighborhoods have access to three meals a day, contributing in the fight for abortion rights and other reproductive rights, raising awareness about police brutality against POC, fighting child abuse and trafficking, and raising awareness for accessibility needs. So these are all incredible causes that I really think are worth supporting, especially if you get something super cute in the process, which you absolutely will by helping out Obsidian Giant. Sounds like an amazing way to get some really fabulous art and also do some good at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Right now, I think that the Hellhound pins are the only product available on their website, but you can find those by going to Obsidian Giant Studios on Facebook or by going to obsidiangiant.carrd.co. So Obsidian Giant O-B-S-I-D-I-A-N dot C-A-R-R-D dot C-O. Uh, or just, again, searching Obsidian Giant on Facebook. So please, please do that. Check them out. Um, if nothing else, go look at the picture because they're adorable and I think they're really, really cute. 
Uh, and I think that they would look great on whatever your denim apparel of choice or backpack or messenger bag or whatever it is that you wear. I know that you have pins. Everyone does that listens to this show. Oh, yeah. That's like the one unifying factor for our audience is they all have pins. That's the only common demographic. Yeah, we appeal <laughs> to everyone as long as they like enamel pins. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> and if you don't have any enamel pins, now's the chance to start your collection. All right. All right. Yeah, exactly. Get a hellhound. They're super cute. They're so cute. I'm going to put mine on my backpack. So anyway, I have a few more haunted dolls to tell you about. Yeah, of course you do. And then I actually, after I hit a couple more haunted dolls from listicles, um, I actually pulled a couple encounters direct from the Redditor's keyboard, so to speak, uh, on a thread on our paranormal encounters. Wow, this is a long one, huh? Yeah. So uh, um, if you thought I wasn't going to provide you with some personal sightings, uh, you were wrong. Anyway, uh, first, there's a Thought Catalog article that hits most of the same haunted dolls I've already talked about. It talks about your Annabelle and your Robert... Uh, but it also talks about a haunted doll that isn't even a physical doll at all. It's a haunted doll featured in a painting. It is a painting called, this is a terrifying name, um, The Hands Resist Him. It's a painting of a little boy next to a, a bit large doll, like porcelain doll of a little girl in a blue dress. Mm-hmm. According to the couple that owns it, the figures in the painting move around at night, sometimes disappearing from the canvas entirely. The boy in the painting was said to actually enter the room where the painting hung, and everyone who viewed the painting reported feeling sick and weak. Small children would take one look at the painting and run from the room screaming. Adults would feel like unseen hands were grabbing them, and others said they would feel a blast of hot air, like opening the door of an oven. So, hmm. Just a haunted doll painting to mix it up for you guys. And then, finally, on this listicle, my last specific doll I'd like to hit. I'm not going to hit. I would never hit a haunted doll. Oh, my God. Um, the last doll I would like... I can think of few things worse. I can think of no greater way to bring about your own horrible end. So, would you like to hear about a Japanese doll that had a cropped haircut... But her hair is continuing to grow. You know, I don't think it really matters if I want to hear about it at this point. Okay. Well, her name is Okiku, and she was purchased in 1918 by a 17-year-old boy named Akichi Suzuki while visiting Sapporo for a marine exhibition. He bought the doll uh, on a shopping street in Sapporo, and he bought it as a souvenir for his two-year-old sister. She loved the doll and played with it every day, but then the following year, she died suddenly of a cold because it was, like, 1918, and... That was a thing that happened all the time. Uh, and the family placed the doll in their household altar and prayed to it every day in memory of Okiku, who was his sister. So believing, they believe, or people still believe, I don't think the family is still around, it was 1919, um, people still believe that the spirit of the little girl inhabits the doll. Sometime later, they noticed that the doll's hair had started to grow, which they took as a sign that the little girl's spirit had taken refuge inside the doll. Look. I know that it's horrible to think about a doll with hair that grows, but out of all the haunted dolls I've covered, this is the only one that doesn't seem to actually do anything to anybody. I was gonna say that's actually kind of nice. It's kind of sweet, right? Like, it's kind of nice. But also, the doll does have growing human hair. Oh, and I hate that. Mm-hmm. But, but it's kind of nice. And also, she's the only haunted doll I can think of who could change up her hairstyle. Like, you could give her a pixie cut, and she could grow it back out for the winter. I feel like there was a Barbie doll that did that in like the like the early 2000s. Am I am I wrong? There was like a magic haircut Barbie 
yeah, but I don't think that it was powered by ghost magic. I mean, it might have been. There's literally no other explanation. Hang on a second. <laughs> Who has any way to tell? Like, nobody could possibly know. There's Barbie Cutton-style Princess Barbie doll. Yeah, where you, like, cut her hair, quote-unquote, and, and, and you grow it back. That's definitely mm-hmm. got to be ghost energy doing that, right? I don't think so. I think it's more like there was, uh, and this might be a more horrifying image. I think it might be that her hollow plastic body was just filled with, <laughs> filled with plastic hair, and you, like, perhaps crank something to make the hair grow out through the scalp. It's probably ghosts. Anyway. Is that better than imagining a plastic body filled with plastic hair? Yeah, no, it's it's probably ghosts. Continue. <laughs> all right. I mean, it's probably always ghosts. If you can't explain a doll doing something, it's probably because it's It's haunted. definitely ghosts. Yeah, that makes the most sense to me. I would like to read a uh, personal account from a Redditor who has since deleted their account. <laughs> did they delete their account? Yeah, that's... Or did the doll in their story delete their account? There because, you go. let me tell you. So... This was on a very small thread. Like, there aren't a ton of responses. I just happened to stumble across it. Um, with only eight upvotes from a year ago, there is a thread on paranormal encounters saying, like, tell me about your haunted doll experiences. Um, now, the person who wrote the thread, actually, before I get to the deleted comment, the person who wrote the thread had their own little experience and said, a couple of years ago, I was looking at haunted dolls on eBay, not taking it very seriously, and so they bought one. The next day, weird things started happening around the house. The electrical panel in the basement opened by itself. The lights would turn on and off and not just flickering. The light in one room would turn off for several minutes and then back on again. Doors would slam shut. My cat would growl and looking at a space beside me. I went to work and I told one of my coworkers about the strange occurrences happening at my place. Then, all of a sudden, the lamp in the room flickered on and off like crazy. I'd never been so terrified. Contacted the owner and begged her to cancel my bid as soon as I got home. So. Oh, so they didn't even, they didn't yeah. even get the doll home. That was before it even got to their house. That's pretty wild. Yeah. We got two experiences in the thread. Just two. It was a pretty small thread. But I wanted to talk about them before I wrap up the episode. So first from a Redditor who has deleted their account or someone has deleted their account. Um... You have a personal experience that happened just three days prior to them posting the comment. So they live in Las Vegas, where there is um, a haunted museum, Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum. I don't know a ton about it, but apparently it's in Las Vegas, and they um, went to it with their sister. Um, but he's the guy from Ghost Adventures, the aforementioned ghost bro I was talking about. He has a haunted oh, okay. museum in Las Vegas. Got it. Because, of course, the ghost bro has a haunted museum in Vegas. Just Well, yeah, that makes sense. Because, like... Look, you go to Vegas, what happens there stays there. You're going to go see a show. You're going to get some drinks. You're going to play some slots. And then you're going to go see some haunted-ass dolls. Okay, so. (laughs) Basically, they said that they took their mom previously and nothing really happened. So they figured it would be, like, kind of boring. Like, not boring. Kind of mundane, but fun. So they didn't think anything would really come of it. So the tour guide took them to the room where Zach keeps a haunted doll named Peggy. Hey, remember Peggy the haunted doll? That you're not supposed to look at in the face? The guide oh, said, I, I'm trying to forget about Peggy the Haunted Doll. Yes. The guide said never to look her in the eyes. Like most celebrities, you're not supposed to look her in the eyes. <laughs> they also had a device to communicate with her if you wanted to. It says, this time we were still standing outside of Peggy's room. Out of nowhere, I began to feel lightheaded. I started to feel dizzy and my heart started pounding ridiculously fast, like the way it does before you become ill or pass out. I became extremely emotional and felt like I was going to burst into tears. I signaled to the tour guide I wasn't feeling well and needed to go to the restroom. So, as soon as the person who wrote this comment went to the restroom, 
The feelings went away. They felt fine. As soon as they got away from the room with the doll, they felt okay. And then the tour guide explained that similar things happen to people on the tour as well, sometimes even more intense. So not a super splashy experience, but an experience that uh, supposedly from someone not super familiar with the lore of the doll happened organically outside of the doll's room in keeping with the stories, which is interesting. Yeah. Now I've got another one, and this is another Sesame Street haunting. So <laughs> good note to end on, I guess. So cool. this is by Reddit user Alphaba Falls. So when my daughter was a few months old, my mother bought her a big bird doll. It was a battery-operated doll that played peekaboo with the child, which already I am stressed out by. I don't care for that. So it was supposed to be activated by changes in light when you put its hands over its eyes and then removed them. It was in its original packaging when we received it, so my mother didn't put batteries in it. Since it worked when we got it, we assumed it had display batteries already in it. For some reason, everyone hated that toy, everybody but my daughter. There was something off about it. We didn't have the heart to throw it away because she loved it so much, so we would bury it at the bottom of her toy chest and hope she would forget about it and find another favorite. We would hear that thing say, I see you, when no one was anywhere <laughs> near it. We would hear it say it when it was in a dark room at the bottom of the toy chest where no light changes could occur. We would hear it say it in the middle of the night, when it was in the dark room at the bottom of the toy chest. After two or three years, we started getting angry at each other because we assumed someone had to be replacing the batteries in this thing to scare us. The original mm -hmm. display batteries aren't meant to last for very long, and we'd vowed to not replace them in the hope that my daughter could be talked into believing that it was broken and let us toss it out. No one would fess up to putting new batteries in it. My ex-husband was the only one that was the type to play a prank at all. By the way, I'm assuming that's why he's an ex-husband. Um, so, yeah, seriously. Because pranks are terrible. But he hated all things scary. He refused to watch Shaun of the Dead with us because it was too scary. Plus, he was leading the charge to convince our daughter to allow us to toss it out. We finally took it out and left it at my in-law's house. We had to sneak it in because they hated that thing as much as we did. They started hearing the stupid thing say, I see you, in its sing-song voice at random times through the day and night. We got a call from them griping at us for pawning the creepy thing off on them. One day, about two or three years further down the line, we'd all gone out to eat. It was me, my ex, my daughter, my ex-mother-in-law, father-in-law, and sister-in-law, and her boyfriend. We all came back to my ex-mother-in-law's house at the time, afterward, to visit. We kept toys over there so we wouldn't have to carry them back and forth. My ex-sister-in-law went to grab some and started screaming. We ran in there and the freaking bird was hanging from the ceiling fan singing, I see you. Oh my god. No one was home to do that to the bird. We'd all met there before going to the restaurant. We tossed it out that night. No more bird. Okay, that's wild. See, I was going to tell you that um, we used to have a Blue's Clues phone that did the same thing. Oh god. It was like no. Oh yeah. No, it was like a like a phone you're supposed to like pick up the handset and like dial the number and like different numbers would call different characters. Mm -hmm. Um but the thing about it is that it would go off in the middle of the night from the bottom of my brother's toy box. Um but it never like hung from the like it was never that <laughs> creepy. It, it never right. moved. Um I mean it was like infuriating and it would freak you out in the middle of the night, but uh it never did that. Like that is mm -hmm. wild. I didn't have a ton of talking toys as a kid, and now I'm very grateful for that. Oh, yeah, you should be thankful. Do you know what my favorite toy as a child was? My mom laughs about this all the time. She and my dad were, like, very indulgent of a lot of my, like, toy obsessions. Like, I had, like, the Barbie plane, and I had a lot of mm -hmm. other, like, kind of hot toys of the time. But my favorite toy 
always was a $10 bucket of plastic fruits and vegetables that my mom got at like the thrift store. And it was my favorite toy. I played so many games with my bucket of plastic food. That's very good. And my mom was like, oh, I guess we didn't need to get you the Barbie airplane because we didn't know you'd spend hours and hours on the bucket of plastic food. But also, thankfully, said bucket was not in any way haunted. But Oh, that's very good. That would be wild to explain. I did. I did used to have a collection of marionettes that I bought from a street vendor. I did know that, and I thought that's where this was going. No, I did used to have, I've talked about this loosely on the show before, but I used to have a collection of eight marionette puppets that I bought from a street vendor in the downtown area of my hometown, um, which is a, 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 a thing I didn't think was that weird until I was explaining it to somebody recently that I bought them from a street vendor, and they were like, what are you talking about? Um... <laughs> So I had a, a cowboy, um, a Robin Hood, a Maid Marian, a cowgirl, a wizard, a witch, um, and then just kind of like a generic like prairie girl and a couple others. Uh, but anyway, I became very afraid of them. They used to hang on the wall by my bed and I would see them in the middle of the night just like looking at me from the wall. And I made mm-hmm. my mom put them all in a big plastic box. And I think it's still in their crawl space. <laughs> I don't care for that. So anyway, I'm never opening that box ever. (laughs) Probably a good move on your part. Yeah, the day that I do is the day they seek their revenge on me for locking them away. (laughs) So... Mm -hmm. Like the world's worst Toy Story. Oh, God. I didn't even talk about Toy Story. Like, what if what people think are haunted dolls is just the reality of the Toy Story universe? It might be. And toys are just... Anyway, can we stop talking about this immediately? Mm -hmm, You're welcome, we can. All right. so anyway, (laughs) that's gonna do it for us on this episode. Uh... I had a lot of fun talking about haunted dolls, and I hope you did too. I hope it ended up being in the kind of fun zone of creepy, where it's like creepy and oh fun no, way. it was, it very okay. much was. Because I'm not out here trying to genuinely give any nightmares. The reason I become I've become so obsessed with haunted dolls over the years, by the way, is because I am terrified of dolls, puppets, and ventriloquist dummies. And sort of in a Batman style move, I decided to become the thing I feared the most. Um, There you go. And that's pretty much the origin of that. Sort of like I've become obsessed with the ocean because I have thalassophobia. I've become obsessed with haunted dolls because I am absolutely terrified of dolls. They live smack in the middle of my personal uncanny valley and many other people's. And I do not care for them one bit. So naturally, I'm obsessed with them and want to know everything about them. So anyway, that's haunted dolls. Thank you for joining us. Do we have any announcements? I don't know that we do. I do not know. I um, I hope there's nothing that I'm forgetting. But no, for the I- next couple of weeks, I I just don't have anything to contribute. I apologize. You're perfect. Never change, or unless it's change that you want to do uh, in order to improve your quality of life and uh, grow as a oh, person. Thank you. You're welcome. So we hope to uh, have the live show audio up for you soon. Keep your ears peeled. Ugh, no, don't do that. Um, keep mm. your ears open. Keep an ear out. There we go. Um, which idiom is the less is the least uh, implying of body horror? I think keep an ear out. And yeah, thank you for joining us as always on this journey. And thank you again to everyone who was at the live show, everyone who made the live show possible. Like, could not be more grateful and thankful. And I, it was just better than I ever could have imagined it would be. And I really hope we get to do another one of those some point soon. And so, as always. We hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there. 
Twilight Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.